I grew up always drawing. Like, I didn't even care about being successful or like doing it as a career. I just like to draw. Every podcast has an opening song. This is ours. It's not very long. Chase, I think our opening song needs to be a little bit longer. I'm singing more of our opening song to intro our show called Behind Two Blondes. Hi everyone, my name's Chase O'Donnell. And I'm Savannah Brown. Together we started a comedy duo called Two Blondes. Every week, Savannah and I interview a successful 20-something who is pursuing their passion in an attempt to pick up some pointers of our own and hopefully inspire you to get out there and do the same. Today we are interviewing Devon Rodriguez. He is an extremely talented artist who has turned painting into his full-time career. The New Yorker recently wrote an article on him as uh, the talk of the town, and his work has been in the Met, and he just turned 21. So, what? Yeah, you're so young. Oh, my God. Um, We're so excited to pick his brain and find out more about the incredible Devon Rodriguez. And as you know, it wouldn't be an interview unless we're eating with our guest. And this week, what's on the menu, Savannah? Broccolini and goat cheese polenta with soft-boiled eggs and red onion jam. That is fancy. That's really We're brunching in style, in style, thanks to Blue Apron. Uh, you guys can also brunch in style with us by going to blueapron.com slash twoblondes. That's T-O-O, in case you've forgotten. And you can get your first three meals free on us. You're welcome. Uh huh. Hi, Devon. Hi, Devon. That was such a good intro. Oh, thank you. So perfect. Thank you so much. You're so good. Thanks for brunching with us. What are you drinking? I'm having a bodega coffee. Oh, bodega. Yeah. Bodega. Or actually, it's from the bakery, but it's like the same thing. I like bodega. Yeah. I like that. Chase? I, I'm drinking scarlet citrus rooibos tea. You're so fancy. You're I so love fancy. My and Savannah? LaCroix. Classic. Yeah. Flavor, what flavor? This is um, peach pear. Ooh. Is that French? LaCroix? Yeah. yeah. Well, we just got back from Montreal, so we're still in the, the French, oh, we did. the <laughs> French, the French zone. We were so. doing the Montreal sketch fast and brunch there. Oh, oh the brunch, brunch there, there was amazing and so cheap because our dollar's so strong. <laughs> do you? Am I supposed to hear? I, I haven't heard of it. No, you've heard of it. You're not supposed, supposed to have heard of it. Okay. It's okay. Have you heard of Just for Laughs? No. That's no, okay. No. no, that's it. You're that's in the it. art in the art world. Oh, okay. It's different. Um, can we cheers? Let's yep. vir- cheers. not virtual not today. Virtual. This We're is real. Live. This <laughs> is live. <laughs> All right. So, um, Devon, thank you so much for being here today. And um, <laughs> I know you pretty well. We've had many dinners together because not alone not with, other, <laughs> with other people, <laughs> with family, friends. Not um, alone. But uh, I still feel like there's a lot. I have to learn about your story and Savannah too. So let's let's jump right in with questions. Okay. Okay, you're an incredible painter. So when did you start painting? So I started painting when I was 14 at the High School of Art and Design. So like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> One and a half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. But I always drew all my life. And um, before I got into high school, I was like pretty okay at drawing, but I never knew how to paint. But then when I got into the high school of art and design, um, I met my teacher, James Harrington, and he like made us paint from the beginning. 
and he like he was like a drill sergeant like he'd make us paint like two periods a day and then before school in the morning club <sighs> and then after school oh my gosh and then for the summer times he like didn't want us to stop practicing so he gave us a scholarship to this school in midtown oh for the God. art students league and like we had to paint all the time there but i mean i loved it so shout um, out to teachers yeah right he was so good wow okay but I, I mean, I highly recommend anyone listening to this going to his website, DevonRodriguez.com, and seeing how brilliant his artwork is. Because when I say you're like this fabulous painter, I don't think you can just be taught that. <laughs> like, I yeah. took art classes, mm-hmm. but, and I think even if I painted as much as you did, I would not be nearly as close to where you are in terms of brilliance. So, so was it always yeah. just... Was it just natural, or did your teacher really teach you how to make your artwork look like photography? Yeah, um, it was both. Like, I grew up always drawing. Like, I didn't even care about being successful or, like, doing it as a career. I just liked to draw. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it was natural. And then, But then when I got into art and design, it was, like, natural, but, like, putting it into hard work. So it was, like, both extremes. And... Um, yeah, I think it was both, but it was it was also like discipline and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I th- also, I think it's mainly like passion because I never like. I don't think I work that hard. Like I do put in a lot of hours, but I don't think of it as work. So it's just like it's just oh, the classic line. Yeah, <laughs> don't think of it as work. Just do yeah, it. No, I don't. I'm serious. And you're from you're from the Bronx. Yeah. And I didn't know they had an art school out there or is that in oh, that's, Manhattan? Oh, that's in the city. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, they do not have art school, any kind of art So school. how did you get into applying to the art school? Oh, so um, I applied when I was um, in middle school, I think eighth or seventh grade, they make you apply. And um, they didn't accept me because I only did graffiti. Like in the Bronx, the art form you see is graffiti all the time. And everybody who draws, they like either do tattoos or graffiti. And so... I, st- I got inspired by that, and I used to, like, tag walls and stuff. And um, I had to do a portfolio over the summertime for the school to get in mm-hmm. of 10 to 15 pieces. And I was, like, so cocky back then. I'm like, I got I do 10 pieces in one day. Like, I don't need the whole <laughs> summer. Like, I'm going to hang out with my friends. So I submitted my prof- my portfolio, and um, they like, they're like, the whole thing is graffiti. Like, we need to see more. We got to see, like, a variety of drawing fundamentals like still lives portraits figures and all you have is graffiti like this isn't okay and I'm like yeah that's what I, that's my art so I didn't get accepted my first year wow. so I had to go to my zone school which was Samuel Gompers and that school was terrible like the things I would see in that school well, that I, and it, it ended up closing down because their graduation rate was like 32 <gasps> percent or something wow yeah. uh, and was it like gangs yeah a lot of gangs yeah crazy I don't think I would have gotten caught up in that but but I would have never been where I am now like it, it's insane in that school so you like, did one year there yeah I did one year there okay and then and you're like I gotta get out of here yeah no I <laughs> just did, like that I did not want to <laughs> go in there I knew like I would my uncle went there and I would hear all these stories and I'm like no I have to go to Gompers like I'm I not thought my out. high school was bad and I it probably is. lived in Agora Hills, California. <laughs> it probably is. Like, no, for no. For the average school, nothing. but like compared to Gompers, um, like we had to get searched every day by metal detectors and that would take us, that would make us all late to class. And then, Oh my um, gosh, because people would have guns? 
Yeah, or knives. I mean, they oh. wouldn't bring the guns. I'm sure they had them at home. More knives than guns. Probably. More knives. Oh. Now, when you were in that year in school before you got accepted, mm-hmm. were you still doing it every day after school? Were you still painting? Were you still oh, practicing yeah. your craft just because yeah. you loved it? Yeah. No, we had a, um, an art teacher there, and um, I told him, like, I wanted to go to art design, but I didn't get accepted. And then he's like, well, show me your portfolio. And he saw it, and he's like, are you serious? Of course you didn't get accepted. Like, <laughs> So he went to the School of Visual Arts in Chelsea, so he's like, I'm going to show you how I got Oh, in. that's amazing. Yeah. So he, um, like, he's like, all the pieces we do in class are going to be for your portfolio. Wow. And so you're going to get in if you do everything I say. So oh, he's that's, like, again, Shout cheers to teachers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I would be nowhere without them, too. So then... Um, I, I was working on the portfolio, and they gave me one more chance to apply to art and design because you could only come in as a freshman or sophomore. So I finished my portfolio. I submitted it. Mm-hmm. And then one day, um, my friend, um, his name was Yanel. I don't, I, I never like talked to him anymore, but he was like my <laughs> friend in Gumpers. And he was like, hey, come with me to, to the guidance counselor to change my schedule. And so I did. And then um, she saw me and she's like, oh, wait, Devon, I got a letter for you. And I'm like, oh, what is it? And she's like, oh, it's like some high school, like to see if you got accepted. And I'm like, oh, OK. Uh, so I got the letter and I walked away and she's like, wait, I want to see you open it. And I'm like, OK. So I oh opened it and it said that I got accepted and that I don't have to do anything else <gasps> but just finish up the year and just start fresh in um, art uh, design for 10th grade. And I was so happy. And I didn't tell any of my friends because I knew that they would like make fun of you yeah either make fun of me or like be mad that like i'm leaving them or like going to this fancy school they would yeah think that i'm better than them or something so i like didn't tell anyone and the next year they would like write me on facebook like hey where are you why aren't you coming to school so when did you did they ever find out or they They, think you just disappeared (laughs) no i I ended up telling them and they're like why didn't you tell us and i don't remember what i told them but i i transferred high schools um my junior year of high school, and mm-hmm. I didn't tell anyone yeah. I was oh, transferring. I feel so normal now. No, no, <laughs> I good. didn't, cause I, but it was less of I did not that I was worried like that they'd think I was better than them, but more like I didn't want to have that conversation. Yeah. And well, I remember my parents making me call my friends oh on my, my way to school, um, to my new school, and I was making like phone calls being like, yes, yeah, so you're not going to see me at school <laughs> this year. Because I didn't tell anyone, and they were like, no, you kind of have to tell them what's <laughs> yeah, going on. Damn, you're like me. Like, no. <laughs> I transferred my fourth grade year. How was that? Did you have fourth to make phone year. calls? Well, a boy liked me, and I was very awkward, so I just I transferred. Oh, that's why? why you transferred? That was like that was like 60%. He gave me a Valentine's gift, and I got really scared. So, I, um, so you left damn, school. Commitment issues. I never told him. <laughs> Wait, Never did you commitment issues clearly. Did you is did you tell your mom that my a guy mom, liked you and yeah, you got to get out of there? And I wanted to leave. So, I transferred my fifth it was 4th grade into 5th grade, so 5th and 6th I went to a different elementary school, just right down the street, literally a 10-minute oh, walk. Did you still see him? I've seen him <laughs> since we went to middle school together after that, and he I think he oh. knew why I transferred. It I, wasn't just because of him, that's but I so like changed funny. too. So, I in fifth grade, a guy liked me and emailed me Email. that he liked me because it was, you know, the 90s. Um, he <laughs> really? emailed me, I like you. And we sat next to each other in class and I never made eye contact with him. I never spoke to him. Oh. And he started writing me mean emails after that, being like, oh. I know you saw this email. You're being such a 
Oh, we're such Jerk. prudes. Wow. And um, I never looked at the kid again. Really? Oh, I that? never looked at but this I, guy But I again wish either. I could have and transferred. And he was sitting next to you? We sat next to each other That's in so class. That's so awkward. Like, it was, I, I mean, I'm telling deal? you, I should have transferred then and there. We oh were in the same God. class, yeah. <laughs> until we switched classes. And then I just moved. Yeah, and then I saw him in middle school. It's so so our problems are much different than <laughs> gangs, but we were transferring because guys liked us. Liked us. Oh, well, I liked him at first you. until he liked me. Poor us. Poor us. I liked him at first. Uh oh. Had a crush on him. And then he classic. And then he liked me, and I ran away. Clearly. This is very funny. This is funny. <laughs> I Not didn't where I know you transferred be. schools because of that. Yeah, that was like ninety percent why. Oh man. Yeah, good story, guys. And did did a girl ever have a crush on you, and you had to run away? Yeah, no, I'm actually, you guys reminded me of this one story where I have like this weird birthmark right here and it looks like a cookie. I wish I could show you guys. And I was always embarrassed of it when I was younger. So this girl in class um, liked me and I liked her. And I would, it'd be so hot in school and I'd always wear long sleeves just to cover up the birthmark. And one day, no, actually I wore a hoodie over it, right? And my teacher used to be like, you're not hot. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. And she used to think I was weird. But is that I didn't want the girl to see, right? So yeah. one day um, she had to leave early because her mom called in or something. So she left. And I'm like, yes. And I took off my sweater. I'm like, yes, the relief. I can finally. Exactly. I can breathe now. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of my problems in fifth grade. Oh, just one of the problems. I love it. One of the problems. <laughs> um, so you transfer schools and you're now at this incredible art school in New York. Yeah. What was the difference? What it was, was it incredible? It was so different. Like, I never, like, this is so weird. I never had a white person in my class in middle school and elementary school. And we don't even have, like, white people in the Bronx except for, like, well, in the South Bronx. They have some in Riverdale. But yeah. where I'm from, there's, like, no white people. Mm-hmm. So every time we saw one, it was like, oh, that must be an undercover cop. Or, like, <laughs> what really? is she doing here? Or what is he doing here? Like, what the fuck? People would be scared. Even though they're like more scared of like the people in the Bronx, but the Bronx people would be like, "What's going on? Yeah, like, yo, watch yourself. I think that's a cop." Oh my gosh! So when I got to art and design, I like I remember seeing like kids first all day. All white people. Not all white, but like okay. a lot of white people, like more than I've ever seen, seen before. So they would like um, sit on the floor, like in front of the school, like reading books, and I just <laughs> thought that was so weird the first time I came in. I'm like, "Are you si- what the fuck? They're sitting on the sidewalk." Can Just I, reading? I could curse. Sorry. Oh, you can curse. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, are they really sitting on the sidewalk? Like, it's so dirty. And um, I just thought it was so weird because, like, it was, like, all these artsy kids with, like, blue hair. And yeah, so I was not culture used to shock. Culture yeah, shock. Yeah, super culture shock. And I was always, like, so closed. I was, like, so afraid. Like, these people are different. Like, I can't even talk to them. The whole first year was so awkward. I never spoke to anyone. Oh. Or I did talk to people, but, like, not in a You didn't real have, way. like, a group of friends right away. No. Did you, by the end, by the time you graduated, did you Yeah, feel like by the time I graduated, everyone was telling me, like, Devon, it's crazy how, like, how cool we are now. Like, back when you first came in, I thought you were, like, a thug because <laughs> cause I had this star tattoo, like, eighth grade summertime. Are you serious? You got all this stuff under this long sleeve shirt yeah. that we don't oh, know about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had this star tattoo, like... In eighth grade... Eighth grade summer. That's yeah, so after. young. I know. It's right here, actually. <laughs> oh Eighth grade summer. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. So everyone's like, I thought you like stab people and like you're from the Bronx. So and I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't know why I got that tattoo so young. And um, yeah, it was such a shock. It was so little weird. transfer from that. 
15 Reasons Why? Is that what it's called? 13? 13 yeah, I change why. the number every time. Um, 13 Reasons Why. On Netflix. On Netflix. Good mm-hmm. show, everyone. Um, there's a girl on there, and they're supposed to be in high school, and mm-hmm. she had a tattoo behind her ear. And Robbie and I were like, my husband and I were like, why does she have a tattoo? They wouldn't have tattoos in high school. You just proved Middle school. I proved Middle school. Even <laughs> younger. But we were arguing about it, them having tattoos in high school. No, no yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. It's I had... I had, um, or not friends, but acquaintances in high school who like full body, like all what? over tattoos. What? Yeah. That's weird. That's crazy. Well, so, and I saw that on 13 Reasons Why too. I was like, well, I guess that's plausible. That's a thing. That's a thing. Um, but I mean, we're on the topic of tattoos. I know that, um, I know that you were thinking of being a tattoo artist for a bit or a way oh, to yeah. make money on the side. Like that's kind of been, and your, your father was yeah. a tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. us a little more bit about, about that. that. So my dad, um, he was a tattoo artist, but like he didn't raise me. Like he left when I was like three years old. And so um, I would always hear stories about him, like in my neighborhood, like, oh, your dad was the best. And um what people pride in the Bronx is like being tough and I was like never really tough I'd like hang out with the tough kids but they all used to call me a a pussy <laughs> so <laughs> so um the only reason people like respected me or like thought I was cool was because I was Carlos's son they'd be like yo that's the guy that Aww. did my tats like his dad is so good like his dad is so special and everybody would like treat me special because of him and I'm like where is he like I want to learn how to do yeah. art like I always liked art so um so I always knew he was a tattoo artist and I would always tell my teachers like when they would ask me what do you want to be when you grow up I'd always say tattoo artist and they're like you're five years old like what do you know about tattoos like and I'm like I don't know that's what my dad is so I didn't get to meet him until I know this is a crazy story right yeah I don't have to go into this too far into it it's fascinating but so I, I met him um I was looking for him on Facebook and his name is like Carlos Rodriguez, and there's like a million of them. Like that's like so such a typical a name. name. Yeah. So I asked my aunt like, what's his nickname or something? And she told me in the tattoo industry they used to call him CeeLo. So I searched up CeeLo, and like I went through all these pages, and it was like on the 16th page, it was like CeeLo Peligro, which means danger in Spanish. Mm. And um, and there was like a picture of a tattoo, and I'm like, this has to be him. So I clicked on it. And it said he hasn't been online for like four years from that time. And I'm like, damn, he's like never going to read my message. So good thing that his his thing was not private and I saw all his friends. So I like messaged, copied and pasted this long message to all of them like, oh, um, I'm, his I'm son. Carlos' son. Like I'm looking for him. I'm in New York. Like where is he? I want to meet him. How old were you at this point? Uh, like 14. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. So then... um. This was 2011. So then he said, um, like, oh, oh, I messaged all the all of his friends. And most of them would be like, oh, I didn't even know Carlos had a son. Mind you, he literally has like 17 kids. <laughs> Seriously. Really? From like all types of mothers oh everywhere. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's a whole other story. So th- for them to say, ones. yeah, for them to say we don't know he has one son, I'm like, this guy is such a like, liar. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So, um one of them told me like all of them said like i'm sorry bro like carlos the way he works is like he would like work at a shop and then he would just leave get up and leave and like not tell anyone oh maybe i got that from him like not telling him where he went (laughs) 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 and um so like nobody knew except for this one lady and all she said was like 
I forgot the name of the tattoo shop, but let's just say it's called Red Dragon. So she was just like Red Dragon in SD. The SD part was true. Uh-huh. And so I looked it up and it was a tattoo shop in San Diego and it had a phone number. So I called him. So he is in San Diego. Yeah, he was in San Diego. And then, um, you know, his boss picked up and I'm like, can I talk to Carlos? And he's like, who's this? I'm like, it's his son, Devon. So then my dad gets on and he's like, yo, how did you find me? Like nobody in my life found me like i've been running from child support and like baby mama problems for so long and nobody ever found me like so for you to find me must be like you must have done some crazy detective work or something wow and i'm like yeah trust me i did i like read through all these pages and so um he lived in san diego and so we would just talk on the phone for like four years until um then he moved to Miami and he'd always ask me like, oh, come to San Diego. And then when he moved to Miami, he would like, oh, come to Miami. I'll teach you how to tattoo and stuff. But I was always busy with like school and college. So um, two years ago, um, I took a semester off from school and I'm like, oh, now I could visit him. Mm-hmm. So I visited my dad and um, it was so weird because he, he looked like way different from the pictures I saw. <laughs> like he was a, a younger version in the, in the pictures. Mm-hmm. And so um, he was just not what I expected. He was like super thug. Like he had tattoos on his face and oh, wow. super rough. And, and like he he thought that I was like, he's like, you really like, did your mom take you out the Bronx or something? Like I left you in the Bronx. Why are you acting like not tough? Like why are you so soft? And I'm like, I don't know. I just want to focus on like art. my art in school. And he's <laughs> I like. I want to be a painter. Yeah, exactly. He, he's like nah man like when I was your age I used to sell drugs and all this crazy stuff and I'm like I don't really want to go that route and he wow. like did it he thought that it was better to sell drugs than to be in art school wow. it was so weird do you still talk? oh well, so that's the, the next part, part. <laughs> so um, he ended up so I stood there for three weeks and then he ended up kicking me out for some uh, he said I was too soft so Whoa. I went back to New York and then I felt so bad about it. I'm like, damn, like, I always wanted to meet my dad. Like, I didn't want it to end up like this. Like, let me ask him if I could go back. And it was like a weak girl going back to her ex. So I called him and he's like, oh, I'm sorry about what happened. Like, yeah, just come back. So I come back and... Um, Is this to live with him or just hang out with him? Just to, like, stay with him. Okay. I, I, didn't, I never, like, planned anything. Like, I thought, like, if he was cool, then I would live with him. Mm-hmm. But... He wasn't cool. And I didn't know that he was like a crazy alcoholic. So I'd see him drinking all the time. But I'm like, that's that's like everyone in my family. Like, this cool, whatever. Yeah. But then um, he did not tell us that he was like in his last stage of cirrhosis, which is like this liver disease from drinking so much. And so he like passed away in the house. And um, so Bef- unexpectedly. Before you got there or when you got there? No, while I was there. like. No. Yeah, like I'm the one who unfortunately have to find him, which which is like it's okay because, um, I I feel like he was like, it it was weird. I was so detached because it was like he was a stranger to me or something. But still, that is, yeah, like yeah, yeah crazy and and still extremely difficult to go through. Even though you hadn't known him that well, it's still your dad. And are you glad you met him? Yeah, I feel like it was the perfect outcome. Like. If he would have died and I would have never met him, I would have been thinking the whole time, like, damn, Someone I wish. He wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he could have been better. Like, he, I could have got raised by him. I could have been a better artist. 
-hmm. But since I met him, I'm like, I'm so glad he didn't raise me. Especially since he thought selling drugs was the way to go. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, this is the perfect outcome. I got to, like, meet him. I got to see my own Mm -hmm. version of him. And, um... You must have an incredible mom. Oh, I wish. (laughs) You're just a miracle miracle (laughs) child. No. (laughs) I mean, I just think that it's very easy for someone in your position to go that route and to... um, get into I mean maybe I'm being stereotypical but like no it is to selling drugs and I think that it's really wonderful that you have this talent that you're able to um get out there and make this difference with your art and I don't know I'm just so I'm so happy to know you and so proud of you (laughs) for everything you've been able to accomplish anyone like in my block or like any just anyone like from my sort of situation that like sells drugs i like don't blame them because like what else i mean they can do any, something else but like it's kind of hard when you're like stuck in a cycle and i feel like i'm it's like lucky you know how some parents like don't let their kids go to art school like no you're gonna be starving you're not gonna make money mm-hmm. yeah my family was like kind of more ignorant to that which was good because they thought like art was like the money maker so like mm-hmm. people on block would tell me like oh if you keep up that graffiti and like that other stuff like you're gonna go far with that hey, really yeah. yeah so like i'm like okay so well, that I was do kind it anyway, of was the drive behind yeah. it like i'm gonna make a better life for myself through, with, art. through then, art then like i found out later like artists are like typically starving <laughs> but, oh yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> This is just a quick reminder that FOU Studios and the Behind Two Blondes podcast are sponsored by Blue Apron, which we are so grateful for. So grateful. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash two blondes. That's spelled T-O-O. Let's talk about how you transitioned. Like you you graduated um, high school and you had Mm -hmm. a piece in the Met. So how did this happen? Okay, so... um that was actually during high school. We had a competition called PSR competition. And the whole entire school could only submit two, no, was it three? Two or three pieces. I think it was three. So out of like all four grades, um, the school t- together, like all the teachers would get in the room, the principal, just everyone um, put all these pieces up and pick three pieces to submit to the MET competition. Let me guess. <laughs> you were one of those I was, three. I was one of them. Wow. And so um, then once you submit those, those have to get accepted. So mm-hmm. two out of the three got accepted. And Let I got me lucky. Guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was one. So it was displayed in the Met. At first, um, it was like four months. And then they extended it for like four more months. So it was in the Met for a while. Wow. And I would always like invite people. Yeah. Like sometimes I would just go to the Met with people and then like not tell them and be like oh look by the way i have a piece right there and they'd be like oh my god that's so crazy i think i would do that too yeah i was like such a quiet bragger there's my art exactly no biggie anyway (laughs) look at matisse humble brag (laughs) (laughs) we like watch a tv show and we're like oh that was me that was great great starring and then is that how all of a sudden like i imagine you sell artwork and paintings and was it organic that people just started finding your work or Mm -hmm. did you um have you been like you know really into the promoting it and Facebook ads and I don't know what social I don't media. know what you do yeah. yeah in terms of that um yeah on social media like since high school I was like on Instagram and 
and people would like hit me up to buy work and i'm like really like i don't even know what to price this at i'm only like 16 like i don't know what to tell you but i would give them a price and people would buy them and and um i'd like get attention from like other artists and galleries and i showed some pieces at galleries and um my teacher was like like how how do you do this? I'm like I swear it's just Instagram. Like I posted somebody and That's messaged funny. me. Like everyone we've talked to, yeah. And I, like we are interviewing twenty somethings. Like mm-hmm. everyone yeah. has had Instagram as a huge yeah, like sure. method of advertising and like getting their work known. Yeah. And I think that's like such a powerful tool for millennials. Yeah, it is. Do you find most of your work in galleries? Like, do you put most of your work in galleries or or yeah. social media? What's the percentage of um, it's like more social media because yeah. they always take like so long to make. But um, whenever a gallery invites me to a show, I'll just show there. Do you but do custom artwork? Yeah, for people? yeah, yeah, whatever. So whatever they want. Yeah, whatever do. they want. Yeah. Wow. And when like is graffiti still something you do, or did that go away when you moved to? I still do schools? it like for fun, like whenever I'm like on the phone doodling. Mm-hmm. But I don't like take it that serious anymore. Now it's. Like portraits that yeah, they do. Yeah, was like portraits. That and really things. look like photographs. Yeah, it's crazy. You. Like <laughs> I showed Savannah I your like, painting, oh, and she's like, "Oh, oh is that? Photo. That's a great photo." <laughs> no, it's a painting. <laughs> it's how, crazy. How long does the average, like the picture she showed me, which yeah. was of a gentleman on a subway, how long oh, yeah. did that take you? That one was like kind of big, like thirty by forty inches, and it took me a month to do. Wait, which one was it? Was it like? This guy with tattoos. The tattoos. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did that in Mark's house, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, that took me a month. A month. And so where do you usually... Where Do you have a separate studio, or do you paint at home, or...? I wish. Oh, <laughs> no, I wish I had a studio. Um, yeah, I just paint at home, which can sometimes be, like, kind of hard, because we don't have that much space, so, like, I'm in the corner painting, and, like, there's, like, all types of crazy things going on. Mm-hmm. So, like, people would email me, like, oh, hey, Devon, you're, like, this great artist. Could I come do like an official studio visit so I could collect some and of your like, work. And I'm uh, like, I don't have a studio. This is like embarrassing. Like <laughs> you're going to hear my cousins like talking bad stuff in the room. <laughs> so like you can come and, but they would always come and be like, this is where you work. Like, this is so cool. Like this is what artists do. Like, it's fine. You could oh. work anywhere. So so do you, who do you live with? Your live with cousins? My grandmother. grandmother. My, my grandmother and a few cousins. And an aunt. It's oh, I love it. Classic. Family. <laughs> yeah, family. All in, all all in, in the same one. house. I love it. Yeah. But is the goal, you think, to eventually get your own space yeah, sure. in, like, Manhattan? Or do you want to, I mean, is, oh, I wish. since Manhattan. your family's in the Bronx, are you think you have... Yeah, no. I'm only in the Bronx because I was born there. <laughs> um, I know what, what, whatever happens, um, I feel like I could work anywhere my goal is to have like my own space one day, but I'm working on it. Is this your one job? Yeah. Are you, are you juggling, or is being is living at home allowing you to fully? Yeah, yeah. It's all, commit yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm only able to do it full time because because um, rent living is at home. taken care of. Yeah, I mean, I have to like pay the light, but it's like only a hundred, which is fine. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So you're so, saving up. Yeah, saving, saving up. up. But you also <laughs> trying to. you also <laughs> are selling. Lots of paintings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which... Oh, yeah, so that's, like, my, my job, yeah. That's your like job. Like, just painting, yeah. Which is really excited. I know that you had a job at, like, an art store for a short stint, <laughs> and... <laughs> right? Oh Didn't that not yeah, go yeah, well? Yeah, no, that happened, but <laughs> I don't want to speak about that. Okay, not a good experience. <laughs> like not a good experience. Um, <laughs> and then you went to um, 
Fidham? Where did you go to college? Oh, FIT. Yeah, I knew it was with an F. (laughs) That's LA. Wait, Fidham. That's That's Fashion Institute. Whoops. Fit, yeah. So you went to Fit, and you were only there for one year? Is that my right? Yeah, it's so weird. I went for like, I went for a semester, then I took a semester off, which was really, I really wanted to leave, but that was my excuse. Then I came back, and then I left, so... It was one year in total. And did it just seem like you already had all the training you kind of needed? It was time to get into the real world now? Yeah, yeah. Because they were like teaching fundamentals to like kids that never studied art ever before. Or like some of them did, but most of them were like, oh, I want to do art as a career. So I'm going to go to art college. So like they kind of like had to learn all that stuff. But I feel like I learned everything. You went to an art high high school. school. So like it was like the same lesson over and over. And rather than paying all that money to. Yeah, exactly. So like I'd rather put that money into like trying to make it or like my career. Yeah. yeah, and that's always a question for theater majors: is how much money do I spend learning? Learning when it, mm-hmm. when is it time to go into the real world? Because the debt you're going to come out of school with, it's hard. Ooh, like, is justify. it worth it? Is yeah. it worth well, the it? Chances of we are still so finding money. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll let you know in, a couple, <laughs> in about ten years um, how we're doing. What's a day in the life look like, Devon? Um, what time do you wake up at? What do you do? So I feel really guilty about this, but I kind of like wake up at 12. Oh, which, so we got you here really early. We're yeah, so sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I woke up early. <laughs> um, but, um, because you can. Yeah, but, can. But, but I feel like I shouldn't do that. I don't know. I'm still like trying to fix it, but I'm not trying that hard. But what hard, time do you stay up till? I paint like eight hours or like six to eight hours every day. So like I feel like it doesn't really matter. But I feel like one day I have to get a day job and like, accustom myself to everyone else's schedule nah. just to like just to like be a regular person in the world you know well that's something that i always struggle with we do is yeah. like waking up late and then feeling guilty but at the same time yeah. there there isn't a nine to five that's waiting for right. me it's like all self-generated yeah. work so yeah, it's it's kind of tough. nice in a way that you get to sleep in and then you you get up and you paint all day um yeah, I try to. Sometimes I get, like, lazy and take a bunch of breaks. But, yeah, I try to, like, paint for, like, at least six hours so it could be, like, a regular job. And are you painting uh, work that you've been commissioned for, or do you just paint anything and then question. try to, you know, sell it to galleries? <laughs> yeah. um, I try to, like, do, like, something that I want to do. Like, like I've been doing, like, a bunch of Subway series Um thing like a, a series of subway people and that's kind of like my own personal stuff but like if people want to commission me then i'll just paint like whatever they want and then if there's no commission at the moment you'll go back to painting your subway yeah. people on the subway yeah yeah. which is <laughs> i think that should be in the mat <laughs> thank you thank you i think that should be in the i mat. do that's great. you've already been in there so it should be an easy in <laughs> that one's done he's moving on that's old news was there like a big game changer that you were like oh okay I can make painting my full-time career um anything that sticks out just uh just a New Yorker like I've I've gotten like some magazine articles in like other magazines I feel like this sounds bad (laughs) no I was gonna say like but the New Yorker was like Super legit. A legit one to me. You know, like I've how been did they? Small... How did that happen? How did the New Yorker find you? Oh, so I have a mentor that's a sculptor in the Bronx, and um, I did an internship 
Oh, there actually there is a gallery in the Bronx, but um, <laughs> I mean it was like kind of small. <laughs> so I worked there and um, I had a show there. Um, it was a, a internship that my high school hooked me up with. Mm-hmm. So they I had to watch over the gallery and stuff, and I would always ask the director to, to give me a show, but she's like. No, we only show professional artists. Like you're only 16, you can't have a show. So then I'm I invited. Glad you were only 16. I invited her to a show in my high school, and she's like, oh, "Okay, your work is like pretty good. Like maybe you could have a show, but like not a month long show as we typically do. We're just gonna give you like a weekend." And I'm like, "Okay, can I have an opening event so I could bring my friends?" And she's like, "Um, I'll think <laughs> about it." So she said, "Yeah." And I like, love it that you're just like, "All right, yeah, I deserve this." I know. <laughs> I should have. I really did it, but. <laughs> So she like invited her whole mailing list. And so this guy named John Ahern came and he's like a famous sculptor. And I had no idea who he was, but he's like, Devon, I think this is a masterpiece, this painting you have right here. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And so um, everyone's like, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no, I have no idea. And he invited me to a studio. And then I Googled him and stuff and I found out he was like. Let me guess, a big deal. Yeah, a big deal. <laughs> so then... Um, He's, like, been mentoring me and, like, teaching me a bunch of stuff about the art world. Wow. And, like, showing me how to, like... Like, not he doesn't teach me anything technical, like, with painting and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he teaches me, like, how to navigate through the world and, like, um, how to make it, basically. So, so he introduced you to The New Yorker? So he did, like, four sculptures of me. And he submitted them to this competition. And so um, those sculptures went to this museum called the National Portrait Gallery in D.C., and so in the opening people a bunch of press came and they like they're like oh how did you who is this what's the sculpture about and he told them it's about this kid Devon and all this stuff about me and everyone was like so fascinated and they're like oh I think we could get the New Yorker to cover this story like wow so like it um yeah that's how I got it and then once the New Yorker article came out did you see like a boost in uh sales and people really reaching out to you yeah I got like a bunch of emails of people wanting to buy some work and I actually still have some people on the list because they like all take so long to do and so yeah I still have some people to go through that's that's great that's some money coming in no matter what that's crazy how did you how did you um like you said that you weren't sure what to charge people Mm -hmm. how did you become comfortable charging a lot of money for your artwork we find money to be the hardest. I'm hard still part, like not yeah. comfortable with it because, like, when I started showing with this gallery in Colorado, um, they like, they're like, oh, we want to show your work, um, and I'm, what's the price? And I'm like, um, I don't know. Can you tell me? Right. And so like, I think the first one they put it at like two thousand five hundred, and that like made me like, really? Like, is that really what I'm worth? Like, that's a lot. And so then it kind of made you more comfortable to ask for that no, price? No, it made it, like, worse. <laughs> oh. I'm like, now I have to tell people this? Like, if somebody asks me, like, I can't just casually <laughs> tell somebody. Like, if somebody's like, oh, okay, how much is this? Because it's all, it's all kinds of people that ask me. It's, like, kids on my block, like, yo, I want a portrait of me. Right. I can't tell them. $2,500. Yeah. Or, like, so, like, I'm always uncomfortable. Um, and it's because also, I mean, I feel the same way. I don't have that money. Mm-hmm. So I feel weird um, asking for a yeah. ton of money because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to afford it. But we're, or hopefully you're, like, you know, people do have, we don't realize that people do have that money. Yeah. Which it's crazy to put your mind in that right. headset. 
wait, mind, mindset. 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 I liked headset though. That was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Headset. 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 Mm. headset. So money's a tricky one for artists, I feel like. But art is expensive. Art is expensive. That doesn't seem crazy. Even making the art is expensive, like just all the the materials. Yep, and you have to do that. And how many hours did you actually put it? Like the piece that took you a month. Yeah, exactly. And then you don't even make a dollar until like you You learn about it it for like, no, until you like learn how to do it for eight years. Yeah. Right. And then you start to make make any money. money. Yeah, so it's like, like they're paying for those years, you know? Like, oh, they should pay for those years. Right. We're kind of, yeah. We, we understand You're that. putting in your time, and then the money yeah. comes after. But um, You're incredible. Hopefully. You're incredible. Thanks, thanks. No. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, how old am I now? 21? Okay, 31. You're just going to be 31. 31. You could literally just start a career at 31 and be fine, yet you'll already have really? 10 years under your belt. Oh, maybe I should like go on a coma. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> You're on top of it. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, hopefully, I'm making good money by painting. And, and I hope so that doesn't anyway. sound bad because there's so many people out there that are like life is not about money. But no, but security, security, yeah. and maybe living in your own apartment with a yeah. studio attached. Uh-huh. We're we're putting that in your. Um, we're putting that oh, in. Yeah. Your, we're just gonna secret Thank it. You. Use Thank the you. secret <laughs> for that to happen. Use the Thanks. secret. <laughs> so good. Um. Everyone, follow Devon on Instagram at Devon Rodriguez Art. You can see some of his work. You can also see it on his website at www.devonrodriguez.com. You are so inspiring. Thank you for joining <laughs> Thank us. You so today. so much. inspiring. Thank Thanks Thank for you. brunching with us, and we're fascinated by your story. And we're gonna follow you on everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In real life. No. In real life. Thank we're you gonna so stalk much. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Cheers. That's our show, and now we're saying so long. Tune in next time on Behind Two Blondes. The Behind Two Blondes podcast is brought to you by FOU Studios and recorded at Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens. The show was created and written by Chase O'Donnell and Savannah Brown. This episode was produced and edited by Chase O'Donnell and Jeffrey Shimmer. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUstudios.com. Boom! Boom.